0: to you. Hope your day is starting off well. It's a little bit uh, gross outside today, but that's all right. We'll get through it. And uh, boy, my voice does not sound good at all. (laughs) I apologize for that. I didn't realize uh, it was as raspy as it is. That's because as part of my journey over the last week, um, I had a breathing tube shoved down my throat. So I guess I have to still recover from that a little bit. And uh, because I haven't really had much need to talk over the past few days, uh, I I didn't really hear this in my voice till now. So I apologize if it's a little bit grating on you, but uh, we'll get through it. I'm sure as we go along through the show, I'll work my way through it. But you're probably wondering what happened over the course of the week. So let me just give you the breakdown of what happened. Uh, because I think this serves as a cautionary tale for people who might be going through the same thing themselves. If you remember last week, I said that I was uh, experiencing, I was, I believe I used the term that I was under the weather. But I didn't really feel anything like nausea or headaches or fever or anything like that. I just felt significant pain. I was in a meeting on Wednesday uh, in the conference room here with Michael Rock and Mark Stakowski and Phil Devitt. We're talking about all the content stuff with the station and all of that. And I just started to feel this, this pain in my back, this, this very kind of sharp pain. And I've had sciatica before. And so I thought maybe it was that, you know, maybe it was the sciatica acting up and you would have to make a chiropractor appointment and use the heating pad when I get home and things like that and it just kept getting kind of worse throughout the course of the day and and I actually left early which is something I don't normally do but I said I can't I can't take this I got to go lay down for a bit and uh and see if I can rest up and and make it go away and it it kind of faded away a little bit later on in the day I took a shower uh and a hot shower really kind of helped alleviate the pain went to sleep it flared up a little bit But I was able to, I just jumped in the shower again, calmed the pain down, was able to get back to sleep for a couple hours. And that was on Wednesday into Thursday. It kept bothering me through Thursday, through Friday. I left early again, um, I think both days. Because... I was alleviating the pain by just getting into a hot shower every couple of hours. And of all the things that were going through my head of what it could be, it was nothing, you know, major. It was just a physical ailment. And I had to get through because I had a wedding to go to on Saturday that I did not want to miss. My friend Nick Fryer married the love of his life, Lauren Tyler... And I I wanted to be there for them. I mean, normally when people tell you, oh, it's really going to mean a lot if you're at our wedding, you say, yeah, 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 all right. You won't even notice if I'm there or not. But Nick was very adamant about how much he wanted me to be there and I wanted to be there for him. So Saturday came around, I got dressed, I got, I picked up a rental car because I had to drive two hours to Connecticut for the wedding and my car doesn't have air conditioning. And I figured it was cheaper to rent the car for 50 bucks for the day than to spend whatever it would cost to fix my air conditioning. So I rented the car, which I'm glad I did because the seats were far more comfortable than my car and drove to the wedding, drove two hours to the wedding, sat through the ceremony, uh, spent a couple of hours in between hanging out with some friends waiting for the reception. And then went to the reception and I ended up leaving the reception a half hour early. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, Nick, I gotta go. I just can't. I'm going right to the hospital. Came home, went to Dartmouth, dropped off the rental car, grabbed my car and drove pretty much right to St. Luke's Hospital. Walked in and said, I don't know what's going on. I have this back pain. I don't know what it is. I know I'm dehydrated. Because I'm having trouble urinating. Within seconds, they had me in a room, in a, you know, in an examination room and people attending to me. So anybody that, that, and this is at like four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, on a Sunday morning. Anybody that craps on St. Luke's, I'm not going to hear it anymore because the way I was treated was incredible. So someone came and saw me right away. They gave me morphine for the pain. They gave me a CT scan and they said, well, you've got kidney stones. And I don't know why, but that never entered my mind as a possibility. I'd never had them before. I'd never passed one. I'd always thought about, you know, gee, maybe someday I might have one because I hear people talk about getting them around my age. But I, didn't, I don't think I'd ever experienced one. And in talking with the urologist, I may have in the past. But they might not have been, you know, major ones. So they said, we're going to have you stay overnight and we're going to give you some medicine that will hopefully help you pass the stone. They gave me some Flomax and they were hoping that that meant that I would be able to pass the stone. So I thought I was going to be staying in the hospital Sunday into Monday trying to pass the stone, which was fine because, you know, Monday was a holiday. Wouldn't miss any work, anything like that. They said, you just got to hang here until we can get you a room. So a couple of hours go by and a woman comes in and says, I'm here to take you to the operating room. And I said, I'm having surgery. And she's like, I guess so. And they brought me to the OR and I had no idea what was going on at this point. And then they explained they were going to go in laparoscopically and remove this kidney stone or try to remove it. And the urologist even said, you were all you were all just even said, there's no guarantee that we can get the stone out. But we're gonna try. And so I guess it was blocking eighty percent of my kidney function or something. So they were able to remove it and three uh two other ones. And then I went upstairs into the wherever, I don't know if it was upstairs, I went to another room where I stayed for the next, you know, twenty four hours or so. And I'll get a little personal here, because I was having trouble urinating on my own afterward because of inflammation and all that, they uh, they cathed me. I had a catheter, and I spent the last four days at home dealing with that. That came out yesterday. Now I feel 10 times better. So I want to thank Jack Spillane for filling in, first of all. Um, Jack was, uh, I was texting with him. Saying, hey, I think I forgot to mention to you that we're off on Labor Day. And he said, well, you know, I'd like to come in on Tuesday and we can, we can do the segment on Tuesday. I said, sure. I said, but I might actually need you to fill in for me on Tuesday because I'm in the hospital right now. And uh, and he, you know, had no issue filling in for me for the week and even offered to do today as well if I needed to. But I wanted to get back to work. I wanted to get I just didn't want to come into work with a catheter, you know. As I was I was joking with Chris and Marcus. I stopped by yesterday after I left the doctor's office. And I was joking with them saying, you know, that's that's a radio host's dream to not have to get up to use the bathroom, but <laughs> I still don't feel comfortable walking around with it, so I just didn't want to do it. And now, you know, since um since I had that removed and since I've been a little bit more freer <laughs> in how I get around I'm, uh, I'm feeling a lot better. so But apparently my voice is still going to be a bit of a, a struggle, and I apologize for that. We will try and get through that as best we can. 508-996-0500, that is the number to call in and chime in during the morning. I uh, got a, a message here. I got a couple messages. Jeff in Fall River says, Welcome back, Tim. I'm glad you're feeling better. Jack did great filling in. I didn't get to listen. In fact, I tried not to listen at all to the station while I was recovering because that was going to really keep me from recovering, you know? And I also, wow, the fog got really thick out there really all of a sudden, but I have, um, I have a, a hard time disconnecting. I have a hard time not working. And so I needed to do that in order to do what I needed to do. Like, for example, there's an email that comes in every day sometime after 3 p.m. It could be at 3, 3.15. It could be at 5. 5 Yesterday came through at 5.15. But there's an email that comes through every day with all of the commercials that are supposed to play. And we're supposed to check those and see, make sure that everything's come through and all of that. And I should have passed that off to somebody else but I didn't, but I also didn't stress about, gee, if I go lay down and take a nap right now, I better be up at three in case that email comes through. I said, "No, nope, I'm setting my alarm for 4.30 and whatever happens, happens. Because I just had to focus on what I needed to do, which is not something I'm usually very comfortable with. Um, I just feel like you know, I have responsibilities and I don't want to let anybody down in those responsibilities. I also have a, a, a lot of, I guess, repressed anxiety over the fact that, you know, the jobs that I worked for most of my life, there were no sick days. You know, I worked at the diner that I worked in for 17 years. There was no sick days. If you called in and you missed a day, you'd lose that shift. Oh, you you can't come in Tuesday because you're sick? Fine, you don't work Tuesdays anymore. So it was, you know, always in the back of my mind to make sure that I was there whenever I needed to be. And that's not really a great way to be. That's not really a great way to have your employees think about their jobs because then they come to work when they shouldn't. Then they make other people sick, including in food service. So that was not the best plan. Then I had sick days when I had my second cooking job, which was a corporate cooking job, but I didn't use any just because I I, did, I don't get sick that often. So I, um, I, I, I like to call myself an award-winning chef because when I worked for the company, I had perfect attendance. So I got a dumb little award every quarter with a, they give you a $25 bonus. Whoopee. But uh yeah they gave me a $25 bonus and a little uh, certificate every quarter for for not missing any days. So yeah, I'm an award-winning chef. But the um the, the 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 mindset is still there even though here I have sick days, I have vacation days, I have personal days, I have and and of course management here will give me all the time in the world that I need to recover. In fact, I told Michael Rock and when I when I spoke to him on the phone on Monday when I was released from the hospital, I said, you know, I'll 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 probably take tomorrow off. We'll see how I feel Wednesday and he's like, "No, no, t- take the rest of the week off." But I just I wanted to try to get back in today. Uh, mainly because I have to go and speak over the weekend at the Ocean State Paracon. And so I want to kind of get my work my way back into being up and about. And if you are going to come to the Ocean State Paracon this weekend uh, at the Assembly Theater in, in Harrisville, Burville, if you are going to come and take part and you're going to be looking for me, just be aware that, um, you know, it is an outdoor convention. And although we'll be under tents out there on the uh, the property around the, the, um, the theater, I may have to duck into the theater itself now and then, with it, uh, with the air conditioning, and to be able to uh, cool down a little bit. So just keep that in mind. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not somebody who likes to be weakened in any way. And everybody's been asking me for days, "How you doing? How you doing? How you doing?" Oh, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yesterday, I finally admitted to somebody. You know what? I'm weak. And I need to recover some more. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that I can't get up and and work and do things. It just means I got to slow it down. You know, this morning I took, not supposed to lift anything over 10 pounds. So hopefully the urologist isn't listening. I brought the laundry down to the car and then got my backpack and stuff. And I was like, now I know what they mean by air quality alert. So I just, I don't want to overdo things, but I want to do things too. So thank you all for all of your understanding. Um, As I I said, you know, Jack did a great job. Molly says the same thing. Molly also says St. Luke's is not as bad as everyone says. And I got to say, I got to agree with that. Chris and I were talking about that yesterday. Chris McCarthy, St. Luke's Hospital saved his life on more than one occasion during his battle with COVID. So I think we've got, really good first rate care here on the South coast. And, uh, if, if, if Wendy, my nurse is listening, thank you for all that you did. I mean, all the nurses were great, but her, she in particular really cared about, you know, the fact that I was in pain. I don't want to get too graphic on you, but, uh, I was in the bathroom Sunday night into Monday From 1 a.m. until 6 a.m., just trying to go. And it wasn't until she came on where she said, maybe we should put a catheter in you. And that was the greatest feeling of relief I'd ever had in my life. So uh, we got some calls here. I don't think there's anybody on this line because this was ringing before. Let's check. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Nope. That's what I thought. All right. Let's try this one. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Seem like the hugs work. The what hugs? That's really what you. That's really what you took away from that, huh? Dope. Anyway, thank you too for all the uh, app chat messages that are coming in. I appreciate it. So today we will be joined later on by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and uh, also Councilor at Large Shane Burgo. We're going to be talking about some of the. plans going forward for the uh, discussions about housing in the city and we'll talk about some other issues as well. Uh, I know that the star store was a major topic of discussion with Jack the last few days. Uh, I don't know how much you still want to get into that, but uh, he has a great column up at newbedfordlight.org where he talks about how some of these plans, you know, like such as the city buying the building probably won't happen but he's looking at some of the discussions that are happening or maybe maybe starting to happen at the state level. We're also going to talk about, there's a new development in the saga of Miss Lizzie's Coffee, the coffee shop that opened up in Fall River right next to the Lizzie Borden, well, the Lizzie Borden house, it's called now, but the coffee shop that opened up right next door and the battle between Joe Pereira, the owner of, Miss Lizzie's Coffee, and Lance Zoll, the owner of the Lizzie Borden House. We can talk about that as well, plus whatever else is on your mind. 508-996-0500. Right now, though, i got to take my first break of the morning.
1: Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM.
0: And welcome back in. Say one thing that I'll say that I've definitely learned from this experience is when they say drink lots of water, they're not kidding. Because that's probably the main culprit in this for me is not drinking enough water. I mean, I drink a lot during this show, but then I might switch over to a cup of tea, which I haven't had in in days, but I might have to have one just to see if it affects my voice any. But water is the thing that will keep this from happening the most. So I am now on board with the 64 ounces a day, at least. Uh, I've been drinking four of these 16.9 bottles of water every day. And also the other thing that was a, a factor, what the urologist thinks might've been a factor is I was eating too much red meat as part of this, this diet that I'm on. And she said, maybe lay off some of that and switch in some, switch in some more chicken and fish and Turkey and things like that. But, uh, so there you go. Although I was giving you diet advice. With that plan that I've been on, maybe it wasn't the best. But so far, so good. I'm down into the 230s now, so there's that. All right, it is now time to go into the newsroom
1: with Adam Bass. New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Wake up! He'll wake you up better than that extra large cup of coffee. No. More Tim Weisberg on WBSM.
0: sex you up but not enough love goes out to that song all for love color me bad i don't know why they had to have two d's in the bad was it because they were just that bad i don't know maybe it was something like their their initials or something i don't know i don't really know that much about the history of color me bad uh but they were certainly catchy with their songs 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and get involved in the discussion this morning. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And you can use the open line voicemail feature as well. I also want to let you know, I can't say that much about it today, but on Monday we're going to have an announcement about a really big contest coming here to WBSM. Really big. In fact, some might say huge some might call it the biggest contest ever, the most beautiful contest. So we'll uh, we'll have more details for that for you on Monday. But I just want to give you a little bit of a a tease on that because I, I I know something and you don't, and I like to rub it in your face. Seriously though, I think you will uh, you'll be excited about this one. So again, Monday morning, right at the start of the show, we'll be able to to let you in on the details. Of that, so I had told you before that there's another twist in the story of Miss Lizzie's Coffee versus the Lizzie Borden House. If you remember, uh, Joe Pereira and his family started a coffee shop right next door to the Lizzie Borden House in the building where it was the former home of. I believe it was, if I remember off the top of my head, Loudwig Borden. I might be slightly off in the pronunciation. But anyway, it's where Eliza Borden, who was a relative of Lizzie Borden, uh, killed two of her children before taking her own life years before the Borden murders themselves. Happened in 1892. And so the coffee shop is also haunted. No surprise there. And so they've been putting themselves out there as the world's most haunted coffee shop and all those, all this kind of stuff. But the owner of the Lizzie Borden house, Lanzal, has taken exception to them using the name Miss Lizzie's Coffee and selling coffee in their shop that you can, you know, like coffee grounds, ground coffee that you can take home and make at home, mugs, and using the Lizzie Borden likeness. Now, there's. I have yet to see Lance Zoll and his company, U.S. Ghost Adventures, provide the documentation that shows exactly what they own the copyrights to. I will say that some people have found online and posted up that the copyright that they have, the trademark, whatever, whatever the term is, covers things like coffee mugs and, and, and coffee, which... Okay, but is it Lizzie Borden coffee or is Miss Lizzie's coffee outside of that? And plus the coffee that they sell at the bed and breakfast, as far as I know, he focuses on CBD infused coffee. So I I don't know if it's the same product. The mugs, sure, the mugs I can see straight out being like, all right, that might be something that you can't do. But using her likeness, I don't know that you can stop that. So apparently the owner of the Lizzie Borden house, Lance who owns his own PR firm, he sent Fall River Reporter an update on relations between the two entities. Caller, I'll get to you in one moment. The owner of the Lizzie Borden house and the owners of Miss Lizzie's coffee shop have cordially resolved the use of the Lizzie Borden name. The owner of Miss Lizzie's coffee shop has agreed to change the name. A new name has yet to be determined. Now, follower of a reporter contacted Joe Pereira, the owner of Miss Lizzie's coffee, and he said nothing is changing as of now. He said we've met and he seemed amicable. However, no name change nor business was ever discussed. We agreed to possibly work together, but that was all. I have no knowledge of any press release, nor have I made any agreement with him. And I will tell you exactly what Miss Lizzie's Coffee posted on, on social media yesterday after this whole thing went down. They wrote, very simply, we are not changing our name, contrary to a press release that we had no knowledge of. Sneaky things. So... What's going on there? Why would you put out a press release and and contact? And it seems like from the way Fall River Reporter characterized it, it was unsolicited. They didn't reach out to him and say, hey, any update on what's going on with your battle with Miss Lizzie's Coffee? It seems like they took it upon themselves to send out this release. Now, I think it's a little bit odd that I didn't get the release. Normally, I do when they have something Lance Zoll that they want to promote, whether it be, you know, story time with Krampus at the Lizzie Borden house or whether it be you know, Saul's going over to Ukraine to train soldiers. All, I, I get lots of press releases about the house. I didn't get this one, so I just find it very, very odd the way that it's being handled. You're, you're taking this. You know what they call that? That's called gaslighting. That's what that is. That's literally gaslighting. And I, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. In fact, now I think that I, I would say that, you know, Lance Zoll and Lizzie Boyden, now probably stepped in it legally by putting out a press release about what another business is doing. So good luck. See how that how that all turns out. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
1: Hey, welcome back, Tim. Thank you. Uh, two, two things, actually, that I found interesting. First. What are the damages, of potential damages of the boarding house, uh, you know, getting affected by, by the coffee? I don't see, personally, I don't see anybody uh, kind of skipping the boarding house and going to have a coffee. Like, do people normally just go to the boarding house and have coffee? Like, it, that's what doesn't seem right to me and, and in, that- in regards to this like whole problem like i don't see anybody usually when there's when there's a, a copyright issue or it's usually because of deception right people are going to be like oh i thought it was this or, or i thought it was that like you thought it was a different business than what it is if, if this is two separate entities and there's no loss on the board and house like i don't see anybody going to the b&b you know, and sleeping there and then going to the other place when there's coffee available at the B&B. Well, that.
0: that might be part of the issue because the his plan is to sell coffee to, and he kind of already does from my understanding, sell coffee to the people that are staying there. He's not looking to open up a coffee shop himself on the property. He just wants to sell coffee to the people that are staying there overnight, which, you know, by my calculations is a maximum of what, 20 people a day. And right. uh and so say you've got a full place uh, with 20 people staying there and you're charging them 8 bucks a coffee. You know, like you can't just let that money go because how many of them are really going to say, I'm going to pay eight bucks for a cup of coffee here because it's convenient. Or how many of them are going to say, I'm going to go walk a couple blocks down to Dunkin Donuts.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't see, I don't see a deception here uh, in regards to that. But what I really found interesting is what you said earlier kind of has nothing to do with the businesses. But I didn't even realize that there was another murder prior to Lizzie Borden in another house in the same family. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, it's funny, Joe Pereira, the owner of the coffee shop, didn't know that either until he came on this show with us, and I mentioned it, and he said, well, now that makes sense. When I went to talk to him uh, a couple of days after that, he told me, he said, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that we hear babies crying in here all the time, And but oh, that's... Wow.
1: That's crazy. Like, like the, the kids were, were, were the kids little? Yes. And they were killed?
0: Yeah, they were young. Um, Eliza Borden was the second child of uh, Lodwick Borden. Who was the uh, great uncle, I believe, of Andrew Borden? And she, you know, just snapped one day. It might be what we would call today postpartum depression. And yep. she had three children. She she tried to kill all three by drowning them in a in a cistern in the basement. Succeeded in killing two, and then took her own life uh, supposedly by slitting her throat with her husband's shaving razor. <laughs> and that was that was in eighteen forty eight.
1: That family is a bunch of
0: crackpots. Holy crap! I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I can blame the family as much as I blame, you know, the the times. You know, really? uh, the fact. Well, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of incidents where, I'm, I'm I'm sure most of them don't get a lot of attention, but there were probably many other incidents where women ended up killing their children when suffering from postpartum depression.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess I I don't. That's just. It baffles my mind. Yeah, that, that's that's really interesting to him. Just just the fact that the the family isn't well, the family has like a history of this versus just like a one off murder. Kind of like wow, holy, you know, this, Lizzie Borden killed you know these people. No, it seems to be a family tradition.
0: The <laughs> that's- that's crazy. The the yeah. the the part that bothered me the most is someone commented, I don't know if it's true, it's just a comment that somebody made on on a social media post, but they commented that when they um when they went on the Lizzie Borden house tour, the tour guide told them how Lizzie Borden used to go over to the to that house next door and play with those children. And so that Lizzie, you know, knew them and and and, and cared for them and, you know, was was part of their lives and I found right. that to be astounding when they were killed two, uh, 12 years before she was born. Wow. So you I don't know, know if somebody just had wrong information or if somebody misheard what what yeah. they heard on the tour, but um, I would hope it would be so, the latter.
1: So the the coffee shop is is haunted by the children and then Lizzie's is obviously haunted also. Have you experienced So it, I mean uh, I know you've experienced in, in the in the boarding house itself. Have you or do you plan on Doing anything at the
0: coffee shop? To- yeah, yeah, Joe's going to have us check out the coffee shop. Uh, I just got a little sidelined in the last week or so. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> but the um, the I've had experiences in in the boarding house, tons of experiences, and some have felt for a long time that those children actually haunted the Borden house that they were, they were in the third floor room known as the Knowlton room uh, that has the chimney in the middle. And then there's a, there's a toy chest in there that if you leave it open, you'll come back in the room and find the toys all over the floor. Some people think the spirits that are in that room are the children. Um, I don't know necessarily if that's the case because I've seen what's in that room do some pretty strong and serious stuff, but uh, you know, it could very well be. And it could also be that they could have gone back to you know, their original location. Now that somebody's paying attention to them because before when it was a hair salon, maybe people weren't really, uh, you know, that tuned into what was going on.
1: So that's, that's actually a normal incidence where, where they can, spurs can actually trans transfer or however you want to, whatever word you want to say is like go from one house to another, like on their own and not like attach themselves to something. Yeah. I I, mean, I I don't, I don't think they need to be attached. I watch like these, kinda of like the unexplained stuff on TV once in a while. So I'm I'm not well versed but like usually or I, I watch a lot of like horror movies where you attach like the spirit attaches to something and goes to another place. But I never heard of them actually just kinda of, I don't know, quote unquote walking down the street and going to another house.
0: So I think that the attachment idea really comes from our own hope that we can limit them to one particular location. But I've had spirits that I've encountered in certain places um, also reach out to me in other places as well. So I think it's more of like it's a, I think of it more like, you know, Bill and Ted with the phone booth. They could kind of go wherever they wanted to if they could just dial up the right location. And I think that it might be the same for the spirit world.
1: That's crazy, Tim. All right. All right. Good talking to you, brother. Have a good day. Have a good
0: one. I got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments do
1: you know the way to win? Wear- the flagship ins.com 1420 wbsm new bedford's news talk station all right that is
0: the first hour down we are just about out of time in this hour we'll talk more with you in the next one at 508-996-0500 or you can send in app chat messages via the wbsm app or you can send in open line voicemails via the wbsm app as well <laughs> If you haven't downloaded the app yet, what are you waiting for? Get it wherever you find your apps or get it from WBSM.com. It's brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing, and it's got everything you need, traffic, weather, all the news of the day. You're missing out if you don't have the WBSM. app.